Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. extraordinary roller coaster it's been for the last couple of weeks couple of months david russell how are you feeling this morning oh great um i <clears throat> excuse me i i kind of when i retired i was actually happy to retire and then when i came back i was happy just to enjoy it and and you know i'm not sad i'm not i'm i i will miss riding i love absolutely love um, i loved being a jockey it's everything i ever dreamed about being was just to be able to wear a set of silks and and perform on the race course. And it's, it's when I was always happiest. And I guess because you'd already called it a day once, there wasn't that sensation, was there, no. last night of, oh, my God, what do I do now? No, no. You've done that already? Yeah, I have it done. And, and it was just a matter of whether I said it yesterday at the race and actually finally confirmed because... In my head, I was going to do it. I wasn't going to ride after entry once I had a, a nice ending. Mm. And um, um, but just a matter, I, I I didn't want to take. Obviously, I was very conscious that JP had won the quite well won the, the stairs hurdle, and I didn't want to move in on his moment. But I suppose it was the time that Gordon trained it, and and it, it was the only kind of opportunity I had to maybe just say, look, that was it. I'd, you know, I'd be finishing today. Um, to what extent were you slightly informed by what has become, and perpetuated by all of us, really, a bit of a circus yeah. over the last couple of months? Do you think, right, this, this show is over, folks? Yeah, I, I, I didn't realise when I was making the decisions that there would be so much come along with it. Um, like, you know, you're sitting down at home inside in your own sitting room speaking to Adele or speaking to Gordon saying, oh, look, we'll give it an... We'll, Next, we give it another couple of weeks, and uh, then obviously it just took got momentum. Then, and everybody was very interested in it. So, look, it was it was grand. I was able to duck and dive away from it as much as I could. But everybody was fantastic. You know, there was nobody really. Well, I'm sure some people questioned it, but that was their own business. I was happy enough to go and do it. So, and once Adele was on board, and the kids and Gordon and the owners, obviously, were very important. I think it was really heartwarming was when I went to the yard to <coughs> to speak to Gordon. Um, all the lads were <coughs> Simon and Busty uh, put me on Conflated and Tiupu and all these kind of fancy horses that you normally don't get to ride in the morning. So they were kind of really teasing me. So, And then you realise that 
yeah, there is some special talent left to be utilised during the year. So even the wily old fox Russell could be outfoxed yeah, the outfoxed, by the... Yeah. <laughs> by well, I tell you, there's not much... The to, lads at Cullen Tra. Yeah, there's not too many boys than Simon and Bust, you know. They, they know how to... They, they, they know how to play you. They know how to play me. Simon always did. I, I actually tied with him in a novice rider's title back in 1999, 2000. So we were always, we were always around each other, yeah. How important has it been for people to know how to play Davy Russell, the man, over the years? Oh, I don't know. Uh, it's just probably once I'm left alone, I seem to be happy. It's, it's the easiest way to play me. Uh, you know, I, don't, no one spoke to me after Cheltenham. Only Busty rang me to say that um, we're schooling Wednesday. Come on. And that was it. That's all. And, you know, and then Gordon, obviously, spoke to Gordon and Adele. But Adele wasn't happy even before that. She she just wasn't comfortable by the way Cheltenham finished. And uh, This is your wife, Adele? Yeah. Mum of... Four of your kids. Yeah, yeah, and then Jamie as well is is my other daughter, and um, so she was, she just wasn't happy. She said it to me a couple of times, as if to say, you know, she wasn't comfortable with the way um, that myself and Gordon and a lot of the owners had such a good rapport over the last couple of years yeah. that it, it would end the way it ended in Cheltenham with me having having no success and it just didn't sit right with her and I, I said to my dad last night and he says it didn't sit right with me either he said but uh, I, I don't have to sleep in the same bed as him you know what I mean <laughs> so once Adele is happy and the lads are happy that's the most important thing and obviously she was right um, it just feels so much better now um, I know now because I've spent enough time with you in the last 24 hours <laughs> to know that you're quite relaxed and genuinely feeling Oh yeah, I am actually a lot of the time. I'm actually relaxed, to be honest. But that's in stark contrast to the image certainly portrayed of yeah. you during Cheltenham. I mean, there was obviously a lot of physical pain during yeah. the week that was building up. Yeah, I done. Oh, I done for such an easy fall. I done an awful lot of damage in in Leperstone, and I promise you, I was riding in Leperstone like I was. I was on top of the world now. I, uh, the Gopher was really enjoyable. Um, Mighty Potter went around just trying, as we saw a Carrick Rambler, the whole way through yeah. the race, I was slowing him down, just slowing him down. It was like we were hacking everybody else, it was like they were flat to the boards. And uh, then I just got this fall, easy fall, fell onto the ground, no problem. But when I took a roll, my back protector moved, and a horse kneed, his knee got me in like Muhammad Ali territory mm-hmm. now, just absolutely up in underneath my ribs and I, I done a bit of damage. Nothing that I wasn't used to in the past, but it was the timeline between mm. there and Cheltenham. And but still quite significant. I mean, to a layman, quite significant damage. Yeah, it was. And But <coughs> I suppose we're, we're pretty fit and, and around our, our back and things can take a bit of hardship because we're used to it, you know. And... Um, just it was the continuous days of Cheltenham, one after the other, and it just got worse and worse and worse. As so it was more and more painful every time you went out. Yeah, yeah, and the painkillers weren't working. So, and I'm not one for painkillers. I don't like uh, if I can't take it without them. You know, I'm not sure I'd be able to take them with them. So mentally, that's going to start grinding away at you as well. Yeah, and the winners hadn't come, and. You know, I really enjoyed Galvin. I, I enjoyed the cross-country race like never before. It was just so easy. You went around and, and he'd finish second. That's great. Oh, you know, you finish second. You've done nothing wrong. Bloody, bloody, but it's not a winner. 
not a winner, it's, it's, it's winners that count over there. And if you had to get one, I promise you, the pain goes, everything else goes. You do things differently. And I just couldn't get it to click. You know, Chupu, Chupu, oh, a little bit too far out of my ground. But at the same time, I was happy I was getting there. And then when it was time to get there, I just couldn't get him. I just couldn't lift him up, upsides. And, you know, um, Pipe Piper, again, everything in the race, just yeah. easy, easy, easy. Down to last, absolutely wing the last and just give a little nod. And I couldn't regather myself to, to absolutely galvanise him up the hill and just done a short head. All my life, I, I won them short heads. All my life, like, you know, Joe's Edge, all them horses. Um, I, I won the short heads and it just, I, I, I was falling short with the short heads, you know. And so when you decided not to ride um, conflated in the, in the Gold Cup, what was going what was going through your head at, at that point? Talk uh, us through the sequence of events because I think there was a lot of people quite concerned for you at that point. Ah, uh, yeah, sure. Look, I was, I was, I was, I was. It was just a decision that that had to be made, and and that was it. And it was quick, and I had to get out, get out of there. Really, you know, I was. There was no point in being too concerned about me. I'm, I'm, I'm I, I can. Once the aftermath is there, I'm happy enough. Once yeah. I'm at home and do my own thing. I actually went straight to Dubai. We were selling a few horses in Dubai, so I was I enjoyed it. I was happy enough. I was relaxed enough. I, I left that behind me. I'm, I have a great way of leaving things behind me and moving moving on. And sometimes I I, I can get upset with people or different things, but I move on fr- pretty fr- pretty fast, you know. And and obviously a lot <coughs> of the, the focus of, of that week was on the, the sort of flare up between you and Michael O'Leary, um, but. In many senses, I, I wondered whether that was just actually a motif of the way that the two of you, both kind of interesting personalities and characters, had just sort of rubbed along and coexisted in this slightly unconventional way for for years, however annoying it was for you at the time. Yeah, I, I was just a little bit disappointed once 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 you mentioned my family and my 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 commitment to them. That was disappointing, but didn't anger me in any way, shape, or form. I was just disappointed that. That would have came into. You see, when I get up in the morning at five o'clock in the morning, I get into my car. From there till the last race is ran, no problem. I'll take whatever anybody has to throw me. But when I come back at eight o'clock in the evening and I go into my own house, that's my own business. And what happens in there is 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 my business, not anybody else's. And that was a bit disappointing, but. I'm not. I'm. I'm not convinced he meant it in in the way maybe it was, or I picked it up and and, but I, I was just disappointed. And so, to what end did that get into your head and affect what you were doing in the saddle? Yeah, I I don't know. It didn't really affect me at the time, but I I rose to the. Um, I rose to it, and I never rose to it in the past, but no. I rose to it there, and that was it. That was just, that was it. I, I was never, it never affected me in the past, but I just felt that it was a big decision to come back. And I asked Lily and Finn, who are old enough, obviously Liam and Tess aren't, but they come with me every day, and 
Jamie, obviously, I said it to Jamie that, you know, that I'm, I'm coming back. And Jamie's your eldest daughter. Yeah, and they were all happy, you know, and obviously Adele was happy and um, for me to do it. So once, once, once they were happy even for me to do it, I was happy to do it, you know what I mean? But, but I, did, I did ask them, you know, are you happy enough to come on another little bit of a journey, you know? Um, it's interesting you talk about keeping your counsel, which you've done quite often to quite good effect. And that really was one of the reasons why you ended up riding a whole raft more grade one winners for, for Jiggins Down after you'd famously lost a job because you basically kept your mouth shut and, yeah. and didn't say too much. Now you've retired. When O'Leary took you for the infamous cup of tea to basically tell you you, you and he were, were done for the time being, um, what did he actually say? Literally, I promise you, that was it. Um, he, he was, as, as it was said at the time, I had rode a winner for him in Punchestown that day and, um, and um, he just said, you know, it's time to move on. It was New Year's Eve and, and I, I, um, I was, just went into my shell a little bit. I left a couple of Fs and Bs out of me, but not to him or about him or anything like that, just to myself. And um, that was it. I tell him I actually, for, the first thing in my mind at the time was when he said it to me was I needed to ring Jim Cullerty fairly quick because he was looking for a commitment for Lord Windermere uh -huh. and I hadn't given it to him. So my mind turned from, from what I had, what rides I had to yeah. what rides I needed to get fairly sharpish. Uh, so I, I rang a number of people and um, Jim was one of the first people I rang and a good friend of mine, Peter Vaughan and my dad and different people and uh, I was lucky, I was riding for Robert Tyner the next day and some, I may have rode a double and I think that was the, kind of the beauty of it. The next day I rode two winners and I went on to win a Gold Cup that year. And, but the supply of horses had slowed down dramatically from kind of riding 100, and 100 plus winners to riding 20 to 30. You know, and I broke my arm as well quite dramatically in, uh, in the parade ring in Mallow one day. And so um, that was it was extremely sore and I thought it was quite gruesome break and my first question to the doctor was um, you know have I a chance to ride in a horse again he says oh yeah he says I repaired bomb victims in the north I said you're going to be perfectly fine I said, so that put me at ease then I, was, I actually thought it might end my career I was about 37 or 8 and do you know, if it did end it, I was, I was ready to go even at that stage because the supply of horses had stopped. But how lucky I was then to, that the surgeons <laughs> were able to put me back together and go again. And then the, the wheel turned and you end up, as I said, end up riding a bunch more grade womaners for, for those guys, and including Tiger Roll yeah, in, it, in the Grand National. Tour. It happened in the north. Um, I... I always wanted to write. The second string can often be an equal first string, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So uh, in the conditions race up the north, during the summertime, Jiggins had two in it. I think the two of them were Gordons. And um, 
Brian was riding one and I was riding the other and Brian's didn't run. It's Brian Cooper. Yeah, and he was number one jockey. His didn't run and I stayed on my horse, whereas Norm in the past, um, the the, uh, the number one would switch on to the, yeah. the next string, but I stayed on him and he won. And then um, I won the Galway Plate for Henry on Balcourt Flow. And it just kind of just kept dripping along. You know, there was no commitment there. They weren't, but to be fair, Gordon and Henry and the trainers kind of wanted me to ride the horses. And um, so that's the way Balcourt Flow went to Ryanair the same year. And um, I'm sure there was a couple more in there as well. Yeah, and Gordon, I rode a lot of winners for Gordon that year. And I had gone back from riding 25 to 30 winners a year to riding to being champion jockey. Sorry, I was champion jockey again. Yeah, it's funny how yeah. we've just forgotten about that small, yeah. that small detail in all yeah. of in all of that. Yeah. Um, amazing bounce back ability, amazing ability to to recover from serious injury as well. Um, it doesn't seem like yesterday we were talking about whether you would make it back from your your broken neck. And I remember distinctly doing this show and you appearing on Zoom and you were talking about you were talking about getting back, you know, within weeks or within days or something. And you're sitting there and you can't you can't move, really. Yeah. You're kind of moving just from the upper half of your body and I thought, This guy's crackers, there's no way he's gonna yeah. get back on a horse. What were you thinking at that time? What were you really thinking? Oh, I was riding, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ride and the only thing I, I regret now that I'm retired is that I didn't get to ride another winner for Charles. That was my last ride for Charles. Charles uh, Burns? Yeah, and we had so many good years. And um, Solwit was the, the horse that really oh, yeah. cemented you, wasn't it? So many, so many horses and so many days. Like we had, well, we had a day in Roscommon, was was absolutely <laughs> fabulous, you know. So, um, and I just would have loved to have, I, I really would have loved to ridden another winner for Charles, but it wasn't to be. But, uh, yeah, the, I broke my neck, and again the surgeons. I have to, just, you know, they were just unbelievable. Um, reassured me. Yeah, your neck is stronger now than it actually was before you came in. Um, that and then, but it was all muscle that I couldn't move. It was mm. my whole neck had locked. So then the next step was to find a physio that was go to go to above and beyond and I mean did he go above and beyond like he he bought equipment for me to use he just went and it was every day you know twice a week moving 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 kept going and getting to there and getting to there and getting to back there it was they were all successes and I would never when I came back I was never fitter or better than I was after coming back from breaking my neck. I'd done so much work. I had so much core strength. I had, without riding a horse, I literally rode five horses before I came back. Mm. Um, oh no, sorry, I apologise. I'd ridden a bit to come back for Cheltenham and that wasn't going to work. I couldn't extend my head back up properly. The, the, the axle in my neck wasn't working properly so I couldn't see the full thing and, and Jennifer was adamant, Jennifer Pugh was adamant that I'm not I wasn't there yet. We had gone through tests to decide whether I was there yet, and she decided I wasn't there yet. And um, correctly, obviously, and I was agreeing with her. You know, we were we were all going along, and uh, then it was just took more work, more work, and more time. Uh, that was disappointing. It was hard to take uh, that I couldn't go to Cheltenham, um, but I knew I wasn't ready, and yeah. Jennifer knew I wasn't ready. So 
the doctors had been so good all along that I was, whatever decision they were making, I was, I was going with it. And then all of a sudden, I don't know why I was, I was just up riding out and we schooled kind of about five or eight horses that morning and every one of them just went bang, 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 bang. And I came in and I said, declare me there for Down Patrick at, the, at Friday, I think it was, or something. And um, yeah, just went from there, yeah. I actually don't know how I had my license. I, uh, if I had, to, oh, maybe I had to go and renew my license, maybe, or something in between the time of declaration and making up my mind. Because if they had said, you don't have a license, you can't ride, then it would drip on and drip on and drip yeah. on. And maybe that, that feeling might be gone, you know. Cheltenham had become such an important part of your life because you had this ridiculous record where you were riding winners there. Yeah. Even, even if you hadn't ridden the most winners, a Russell winner or two was yeah. just part of the festival. Going back to the time when you were riding winners for, for Ferdy. Ferdy, yeah. Ferdy started the whole thing, yeah. They were, and, and I wondered, you know, at the time when you were riding for Ferdy Murphy, whether you might do a, a, a Walsh or a, or a Garrity and end up spending the majority of your time in, in England for, for a decade or or so. It didn't quite pan out, did it? You you ended up gravitating back home. Just talk me through the Ferdy time and your relationship with him and how that how that kind of progressed and came to an end. Yeah, so I, I, even before that, so I, I was I was riding as an amateur mm. and with real fun. Like I was riding forever. I had the pick of the I had everything. I had, I was at the top of my game. These were your best days. These yeah. were your best days, weren't they? Well there was no cameras, there was no um <laughs> The journalists were it was Neil O'Donnell and the likes, you know, very, you know, easy lads to deal with. As in, not that the ones now aren't, but it's just that it was small and. And also, you were Mr. D. Russell, and I you was. were only famous to about three people. Exactly, and I could walk down the street of, I could go to the Twenty One Club in Cheltenham, and no one had a clue who <laughs> I was. You know, or we could, we used to come to Aintree. I rode a winner of the Bumper in Aintree, and the crack we used to have, nobody knew who we were. So we had great sport, but. Um, so then um, uh, Tom O'Mahony, uh, uh, Adrian actually had a similar injury to me, Adrian Maguire, and he, he, was, he, was, he had to finish. And, and Ferdy had, was building again, you know, a brilliant man at the sales, always building on his team. He had a big team of horses and a couple of very nice horses at the time. So this is the kind of truckers tavern era, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and um, his dog and um, Kalahari yeah. King was here. Kalahari right? King yeah. was around, and and a lot of nice bumper horses. The Supreme Leader horse that won a couple of bumpers and a couple of novice hurdles was a good horse. And uh, the Supreme developer was it? Uh, no. no, he was after me, but he had a Turtle Island horse there that wasn't too bad. Um, but a lot of nice horses. I think of his name. Big, yeah. big stable. Yeah, and a lot of <coughs> lot of stable, a lot of horses. Um, so he did, just rang me and said, you know, everything is there, everything. All the horses, ride them all, no if, ands or buts. And uh, that was the only way I would have turned professional, mm. is if I had that kind of, a, that kind of an offer. And, so uh, so do you, he's, is he the most significant player in your career in that respect, insofar as well, had the, it not been for that phone call? No, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have turned professional. I don't think I, w I, I had no interest in turning professional for the sake of turning professional. I was quite happy with what I was doing. I was very successful in what I was doing. I was an amateur in every way, shape, and form. I loved it. Uh, I loved but you could earn a living as you can. Y yeah, bringing on pointers, yeah. selling, buying, being yeah. part of that whole scene. Yeah, and you were working, and you ha I had, uh, I was in the circle that I was in control of everything I was doing, whereas. Um, if I had to turn professional, you had to step outside of, it's outside of that zone. 
So I'll <coughs> just come back to Ferdy in a sec. Just pick up on something you said there. To what extent do you think that base, that grounding, that fact that you really were kind of an independent guy informed how you dealt with the rest of your career and that you wouldn't actually be shoved about too much? It was kind of like you've always had this sort of, yeah, I'm my own man. Yeah, so it's, it, it's a little thing that, that I have and I, I think it's... I, I see it a little bit. Not, not saying I'm, he, he, I'm sure he could be an, a much better writer than I was, but uh, I see it in Michael O'Sullivan. Uh, he's the one guy that kind of. I was 22 or three when I turned professional, and if I had to turn professional when I was 18 or 19, mm. or even 19, say I wrote my first novice writer year and I turned professional in yeah. 19 or 20, it would have fallen apart so much. I think. The writers now there is an exception to every rule. You get your Jack Kendys and and them lads, but I just think the 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 core of what I got in point of points, the travelling, the meeting people, the not so manic, you know, zoning in on are you able to ride, are you not able to ride. Nobody knows in a point of point yeah. whether you're able to ride unless you're at the point and, of point. And you you weren't being anointed as the next best thing no. until you were well into your twenties. Exactly, exactly. So and it's not like here's the teenage wonder kid yeah. and what's he going to do now? Yeah, and um, I had all of that behind me. I had the grounding behind me. I had winners ridden for a lot of very good people and I think that grounding stood to me you know, more than people realise. So back to Ferdy, it was all going well until it wasn't going well. Yeah, so... Is there a theme here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was... I was uh, I was so happy with the excitement of everything becoming a jockey, and I was living with Ferdy's son Paul. And I think if it wasn't for Paul, I may not have lasted a month. I just I was so happy in Ireland. I was so comfortable, and what really got me in England was I didn't actually know where I was going. As you know, I didn't know if I was going south, north, south, east, or west. Mm. I didn't know the roads. I didn't know anything. But it was only for Paul. Paul was the was the main reason that I stayed for so long. He was a, he's a brilliant guy, and um, and then I was Ferdy was brilliant. He gave me a hundred percent. His owners were brilliant. There was no problem there, but I had this tendency to drift back home, and there was no racing in England on a Sunday. So when I finished on a Saturday evening in in England, my next stop was the airport to come yeah. home and ride in Ireland on the Sunday, and then there was a couple of times I got injured. And Ferdy wasn't overly happy with me going. He wanted me to stay, and but he didn't want me to go to Ireland. And I don't know, it was just pure luck. Ireland was starting to build a big, good horses, you know. And um, the guys that I had ridden point of points for were starting to become trainers, proper trainers, and had proper good horses like Robert Tyner and Liam Burke, Pat Doyle. You know, they were all building a team of horses. So I had nearly as many horses and the Charles as well you see so I'd nearly fairly had a hundred horses and I nearly had as many horses I nearly had a hundred horses in Ireland yeah. to ride as well so um then he just said look come here I don't want you to go I said I need to go home he says well if you go home there's no point in coming back and kind of literally ended up like that I just didn't go back um after the weekend I stayed with Paul Carberry for <laughs> For a couple of weeks, <laughs> so um, that was uh, that. That kind of sealed my decision. It was good to come home because we had great crack, and um, and 
Paul wasn't going to give out to me anyway, do you know what I mean? Um, so he just said, you know, everything Paul done was always go with the flow and mm. kind of just went with the flow and that was it. Um, I'm not sure what's more impressive. You, you coming back from breaking your neck, you coming back just this week from Cheltenham to ride grade one winners, you riding Cheltenham Festival winners after 30 Murphy had fired you, you riding Tiger Roll for two Grand Nationals after Jiggins Down had fired you, or surviving two weeks with Paul, Paul Carberry. Yeah, so I did a lot more with some crack. Oh, geez, we had, we had great fun. Um, and uh, yeah, so. Um, I mean, who was. Oh, Mick could you, could Mick you give Could you give Paul Carberry a run for his money in the, in the having fun stakes? No, no, no. It's different kind of fun with me. I, 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 um, I can enjoy myself, but I. I I never drank, so I, I could always go home. You know, I could, I could disappear from a party in a shot, like, do you know what I mean? But I could also stay there till be the last... The old Irish goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and it's did more... Anyone see, did anyone see Russell going home last night? No, <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> um, so, but uh, then Mick O'Brien, a brilliant man. He was a great man, Miko. I loved... Not everybody's cup of tea, but he was my cup of tea. I loved him. He was... Um, he was a brilliant trainer, so I started riding out for him um, in uh, Nace, and uh, um, so I had that. And then I went to Edward O'Grady's, I rode for Edward O'Grady for a bit, and uh, but still riding a lot of winners, you know, and tipping away, kind of riding, you know, kind of always going up in the numbers. Every year I was increasing on the numbers, and then I got to a stage that I was... Yeah, fighting out for a championship, you know, with no with no stable behind me, but a lot of support, you know, from all different angles. And, um, like, I rode winners for guys that trained one horse to ten horses to two horses, mares, homebreds. They'd ride them out after milking the cows in the morning and um, that kind of, all them, and real good, well able to train now, you know. Yeah. Um, Tim Doyle, I used to love riding for Tim Doyle. No, he's not. He's a professional trainer, but he, I, I, he, 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 his horses would improve, 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 improve. I used to ride a horse, a supreme leader horse. I won in Punchestown for him, and I used to drop him out, stone cold. Oh, Jesus, I'd be, I could be, twenty lengths off the pace, and I knew this would have come alive, and I knew there'd be no pressure from Tim. Like you know, he'd. Um, so you've got you've got a you know. A, a reputation, really, for, for that's the way you liked to ride horses. You liked to just ease them into races. and Yeah, I, I, and I actually also about. love making the running, would you believe? It's, I, I love making the running once it's the right thing to do. The one place I actually didn't really like was in the ruck. Like yesterday in the bumper now, I was in the ruck. I, didn't, I wasn't able to get out of the ruck, so I had to make a decision. I wasn't going to go forward, so I went back. Um, the horse didn't win, but he ran a nice race. I think if I stay where I was, I was going to do more more harm than good to the horse, you know. So he ran a nice race, and hopefully that will stand to him in the future. You mentioned Carberry, obviously a sort of genius. They, they, I use that word advisedly. I know it's bandied around an awful lot, but I, I say it only because you could never really work out why he was brilliant, but he was. Yeah. Um, whereas you could more easily get a grip of why some of these other jockeys did what they did and were so good. Were you conscious when you're sharing a weighing room with Carberry, uh, Ruby? Barry Garrity, McCoy, and all the others. That that this was a bit of a. We've talked about golden eras, but this was a bit of a, an elite group. Or did you never really feel it like that? No, it was AP, and I I, I didn't feel 
I felt like I was, I, I, I felt AP was, was, you know, special. Like he was well, like a different type of competitor. Yeah, but I wanted to beat him. I wasn't afraid of him, if you know. Not, I don't mean that in a, in a, no. in, in, a, in, in. You weren't in awestruck a, by him. No, but I, 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 I knew what he was. I knew what he was. I knew he was what we have never seen before. So my main objective was to, at some stage, beat him or go to his level, not his level, but, you know, compete with him. And then Ruby, the same, and Barry, the same, and Paul, the same. They were all ahead of me. You see, they were professional a long time. You know, they had a head start on me as a professional, so I was amateur, and I had catching up to, to get to him. So I was very... Uh, focused on joining that. Yeah, that's where I wanted to be. Someone said, "Just small things will sit in your mind." And someone said, "Told me not to turn professional. You're a big fish in a small pond. If you turn professional, you're a small fish in a big pond." I didn't want to be a small fish in a big pond. I wanted to prove, not prove them wrong, but I, I just didn't want someone's saying something to me to affect me ne negatively. I always, if someone said something to me, I always wanted that to affect me positively, as yeah. in make me do more. So if someone said that you gave that a bad ride, I don't not want to ride that horse again. I want to ride the horse again to make sure I make up for for it. Or, or, or you know, I, I, I want it to be positive. I, I take criticism positively or not even criticism whatever someone's comment is mm -hmm. I try to make it positive and have an effect I wanted to, I wanted to get to their level they were the level and I knew they were special I knew they were different I knew what they were doing was different I was aware of all this going on but I always seemed to kind of think I was chasing the, the rainbow like mm -hmm. you know I was ne I never really realised that I had got there until even when I was champion jockey one year after the other and then I was champion jockey for a third time. But it was it was after that that I realised that it all plattered out. That you were somewhat at peace yes. with your own ability level. Yes, and I enjoyed them years like I enjoyed the first three point-to-pointing. Interesting. Yeah, I really did. I loved going racing when I was chasing the dragon you know when I was when I was chasing the rainbow all all along I I, I, I wanted to um, I wanted to um, I was getting there I was couldn't reach the top rung of the ladder and then I when I, I, I realized that I had reached it and I enjoyed it an awful lot more you were definitely chasing the rainbow. Yeah. I'm no. worried if you're chasing no, the no, dragon. No, no, not the dragon. Yeah, I got that one on. Days yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. we're behind you at this yeah. point. <laughs> um, your, your homing instinct comes through very strongly, though. Always, 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 always through the early days, through the pointer pointing, through the Ferdy, through the Gordon, through the O'Leary, through everything. Ultimately, it all comes back to home. And it doesn't seem an accident to me that you've gone back to your home county uh, to make your, your life and... Your dad lives next door, yeah, and that's where you want to be. It, it seems a very, very strong thread through your life. Yeah, I love it. I, I absolutely adore y'all. I, I think it's, I don't know what it is about the place. It's just, 
I just love the place. It's whether it's the beach or it's the people or it's the family around me, and it's nearly the comfort of of knowing where I'm going. I, I think I I like my mother was a marvelous woman. Like she was a real homely woman, and she baked and she you know I had a brilliant upbringing. You see, the beauty of where I live is I live on a farm in a town, in a big town. Mm -hmm. and, so you uh, don't feel like you're in the middle of nowhere? But you do, in about 100 yards, you walk into a field and there is nothing around, only, only birds and horses and whatever you want. And you, you walk 100 yards down, there's a, there's a petrol station, you know, with a convenience store there. And, um, but I have brilliant neighbours. People around the farm are very are very aware of what's going on in there. That the horses need, you know, to be left alone. And uh, um, so it's 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 just I love y'all. I love everything about it. Um, I had a brilliant upbringing there. It was kind of a it was a holiday town. Uh, so the summers were super crack, and the winters were you know you always find something else to do during the winter, you know. But the summers were were busy with the beach and people just coming there on vacation and. I, I just feel that it's about to hit again. It, it, it went through a lull, um, but there's a greenways coming in and there's a lot of excitement around the place. Um, what kind of a satisfaction does it give you? Do you think that you're, you're four kids under eight, or eight and under, yeah. the idea that they could now be enjoying that kind of experience? That you yeah, have? I really want to let, give them the freedom that I was given by my parents, so I hope they, <coughs> I just, that's up to themselves, but I think I can see a twinkle in their eyes that there's a bit of development in them all, so that they that they should be able to enjoy it. Yeah. I cannot imagine where this has been passed down from. <laughs> I don't know. It <laughs> has a lot to answer for. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. Um, how would you like your career in the saddle to be remembered by people? What's characterised it? I, I I don't know. I I, I just. <coughs> I gave it my all. I gave it my all. I, I emptied the tank over and over and over and over. Um, and I'm happy with what I've, what I've, that I gave it my all. I didn't leave anything behind. I'm happy I came to entry. I'm actually delighted I came to entry now. And, and um, uh, remembered, I, I just, just, I didn't break any records as such. Um, but I, I'll never be a, an AP McCoy, I remember it as an AP McCoy, but I, I might be a step below them, you know, if I was, that, that might be good enough, you know.